Welcome back to Good Night Harlem. This is episode 75. This is continuation from episode 74 where we were talking about Love is Blind season two. Avi, the, where we left off last time we were talking about Natalie and Shane's situation, I think both of us are very clear that Shana had ulterior motives for not only her friendship, but what she was planning on doing when it, when it came to their relationship. Natalie and Shane's relationship made it all the way into the altar and they kind of exploded. I want to unpack that a bit, but before we even get to that, it really sparks the question of if someone you're dating is drunk and tells you they hate you, is that truly a cause for a breakup and or a separation that stops you from getting married? Not only do they, well, not only do they say that they hate you, but they also say you're the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But, she, but, 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 but he was drunk. Let's just be, let's clarify the fact again that he was drunk when this is being said. So continue. So my, my thought process is this. They are saying that Natalie and Shane are saying that they had a huge argument, the biggest argument they've ever had the night before their wedding. And a lot of things were said, even to the point where I guess they both immediately said that Natalie said something to provoke whatever Shane said. The only thing that we know that was actually said was that Shane said, I hate you. And he also said, you were the worst thing that ever happened to me. We don't know what was said before and we don't know what was said after. I personally believe that is not why they broke up. I believe- Give me this hot take. Give me the, the hot, hot take, take is this. The hot take is this. And I, I, I can't, I can only go so far with this hot take because there's no proof. I don't think it was as simple as I hate you and you are the worst thing that's ever happened to me. The only reason why I don't, and, and I'm not saying that simple as if those words have no meaning because those are horrible words to say to somebody. From what I heard, they had had multiple arguments throughout the season. So- we saw an argument between her and Shane when they were in Mexico and they were at that dinner and he walks off and he didn't appreciate how she was sarcastic and her love language wasn't words of affirmation, which is what he really needed from her and blah, 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 blah. I need you to tell me that I'm the best and I need you to tell me that I'm attractive and I need you to tell me this. And she's like, well, I just don't work that way, right? We saw that argument, but from what I heard is that they had, they had had multiple arguments throughout the season that we just did not see. So if that is the case, then them having an argument is not a big deal. That's what happens with, with couples. But for an argument to transpire the day before they were about to get married and for Natalie to say that was reason alone, that argument was reason alone for me to not marry him tells me there was more to that argument. That's what I feel. If you've had arguments with him before and you, and she said this, she said, up until that argument, I was going to say, yes, I was fully in. Once we had that argument, I couldn't, I, I realized I couldn't do this. So that to me makes me feel like there was something else that was said or done to make her decide the way that she did, which was to not marry Shane. And unfortunately it's a hot take, but I have no proof of my hot take because there's no, there's nothing to supplement that. But I really don't think that she broke, broke things off with him because he said, I hate you. Shane, Shane is, Shane is kind of unpredictable. And, you know, I know a lot of people said this. Oh, on Twitter. I'm going to let, no, I got to let you get your full take off. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to go right after you get done. Oh. I want I want to see where you go now. A, a lot of, so, you know, Shane reminds me of this character on this other reality show um, called Southern Charm on Bravo. And there's this guy named Shep. And they have a lot of similarities in the way that they carry themselves, their, their personality, the way that they come across. And they're very like boisterous and just energetic and blah, 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 blah. I don't even know if there's any value into what I just said just now. All I'm saying is that the difference between him and Shep is that Shane has an edge of being coming across as a little tweaked out a little tweaked out it's almost as no, if no 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 you can't just say a little tweaked out i need you gotta like give me what that actually means because what it's very jittery it's, it's very jittery his, you mean his, having a high octane personality no i feel like there's some additional substances added into this situation <laughs> And a lot of people were saying this on Twitter. They were saying like, oh, when he was when he was at the wedding, the way that he was standing, it seemed like he was coming down from a Coke binge. And I'm not going to say 
People said that. I didn't see this. People said that. People were saying like the way that he was moving, the way that he was just like, he was just all over the place. And even at the reunion, he was just like, you couldn't even get any words out. It was all like nonverbal action. It looked like he was coming off of a Coke binge. Now that is all alleged. And I'm not saying that that is the truth, but there was something online. They, I guess they have like this Reddit thread that's usually started by someone that works on production. And I guess they had one last season for Atlanta and they had one this season for Chicago. And supposedly, allegedly, someone who works on the show said that Shane had been tested, drug tested like three different times. Not drug tested, but he had done, they'd seen him do coke or allegedly he had done coke like three different times throughout the course of the season. I'm not sure if that is true. I'm not even trying to throw that out there as like, oh yeah, this this explains everything. All I'm saying is that his movements, the way that he moves, the way that he even talks and moves like move, like literally moving his arms and everything, his head. It's like he has an additional substance that he's competing with within him. Seriously, I, I should not find that funny. But all right, you came in with a blaze. Do you not agree with me on that was, on that front? No, Doesn't he seem a little? A, no, you came in with a, a little bit off. Take. You came with a blazing take that this man seems like he's coked out. Like <laughs> this is what other people were saying. Now I don't know what drug of choice he does, but it sounds like he has a drug of choice. Is what I'm saying, and it's not weed. And if it is weed, that weed is laced with something else. That's all I'm saying. I do not concur with this and I am not I am not going to act like I see the same thing you guys see when he's just an energetic dude with a yeah, he's, he's very jittery very nervously jittery jittery is a what what where you gotta I wish we had like video of what you're referring I mean to. calling to we me both lived in Harlem we both lived in Harlem we know what that looks like we know what it looks like when we've seen someone who looks like they are under the influence of something. We can't put our finger on what it is, but it's like, all right, there's there's something there. I don't oh, know what it is. Jittery. <laughs> yeah, he seems super jittery. Like the battery pack was full and overcharged. And it's one thing to be energetic. That's one thing. But it was little nuances in the way that he moved that made me feel like there was something else going on. I don't know what it was, but a part of me wonders, is that part of the reason why him and Natalie didn't work out as well? If there was an additional an additional thing that Shane relied on and she didn't agree with that, could that have been the demise of their relationship? I don't know. What do you think? Why, why do you think they ended? Do you think it was as simple as, oh, I hate you and I Wish I never met you. You're the worst. Well, let, me, let, me, let me do this though. Let me add, let me answer the first question that we put out there, and then I can definitely get to you my my take on that. But um, the question at hand was, if someone you're dating is drunk and tells you they hate you, is that? Crazy? I didn't even answer the question. I I went straight for them. Um, <laughs> you did, you did. You answered the question initially, and then you you. I didn't say what I would do. I was just saying what I think happened with them, but their situation is different. I, I I feel very strongly about this. Saying you hate anybody under any circumstance can absolutely cancel any relationship. Hate is very Excuse strong. Me, I hate their moms all the time. I hate you, mom. But, but, but saying that can absolutely cancel a relationship, especially when somebody understands the intent of that word. Now, here's what makes that muddy. If you're drunk, do you actually understand the intent of the words that you're saying? I've had a friend who will remain nameless that split up with a boyfriend because of something she said when she was drunk. Do I think she meant it? I don't know because she's never said it in front of me. Never, ever, ever, ever processed those thoughts. And it was the first time she had said it out loud, even to him, but it hurt him. And nonetheless, it broke them up. I don't know that somebody's drunken tirade is going to be the reason why we break up because they say something ridiculous. But Have I you experienced that before, though, by someone yes. that you're in a relationship yes. with? Yes. Okay. But I understand why somebody else would feel that way, because words do matter. But it's up to you to be able to compartmentalize how those words make you feel. And it's only up to you to determine how you let those words impact you thereafter. Now, if it feels like somebody's hit a soft spot with you, 
I can completely understand where you're like, how could you say that to me? But I just wouldn't let that be the thing that determined it. But that's me. I'm not everybody else. Now, in terms of your question and answering that very specifically, what do I think led to their demise? Aside from the drunken, drunken tirade, I think he was just as much on the fence as she was. And a part of the thing that he was feeling like, and I think this is my big hot take around what I saw between the difference between some a guy like uh, Shane versus a guy like Shake. People, and especially men specifically, prefer validation in certain ways. And I think the thing that most women don't recognize about men, they'll be like, they'll say things like, Guys just want to have sex with anything. You've heard it before, right? Like guys will have sex with anything and especially new sex. So if they're in a relationship, they prefer new sex. You've heard it, right? Okay. Realistically though, what women don't understand is guys love the validation of filling up. I don't think women understand that. And I'm going to tell you the the difference and where the feeling of up comes from one side versus the other. Some guys get the feeling of validation of upness from women and other guys get that feeling of validation from upness from other men. Going back to a term we used before around being homosocial. I don't have to explain that part to you. You already know what that means, Avi, but other people need to look that up. The point of me even saying this is with Shane and Natalie's relationship, most people did not recognize how many times Shane had this inferiority complex while he was talking to Natalie, when she was joking about things, she's joking, but putting him down in a joking way when he needs those upward validations consistently, those consistent levels of affirmation to make himself feel good about himself. She does not recognize that that's the kind of person he is. And anytime that she's joking and being playful and saying something that can either be condescending or saying something in a way where you know, she's just putting on and having a good time. He didn't take it that way. He actually took it personally. So he truly didn't view it as her valuing him and making him feel up about himself. So then at that point, he's always going to be feeling out and trying to find a way to search out or seek out that validation from her because he wants that from a woman partner. And if he doesn't get it from her, he's going to go get it from another woman. That's the thing. Tying it back to the initial point around, oh, all men ever want is new sex. No, they want that upward feeling of validation. Then on the other side with the shake bit that I was talking about, he can't wait to validate that internal racism in him to other men and show, look at what I've brought in. You guys see her. You see it. Yep. In the blonde trophy wife? Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Oh, I made it in America. Exactly. I have a blonde trophy wife. Exactly. He refuses to feel inferior internally because of his experiences as a child and how his parents raised him. That's my opinion. And so I feel like the undercurrent of Shane's relationship and why it didn't work with Natalie is to do with she was never going to make him feel up. She was never going to validate those affirmations of upness that he wants. That's my two cents. And I already knew that was going to crumble. And then, frankly, so did Shayna. So did Shayna. Oh. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I feel like Shayna knew. You know, I have to say that I, and I think this is because of editing, not because of race. Okay. I did not see Shane and Natalie being as compatible as they were. Why? In the past. Don't just give me editing. Don't just give me editing. No, it, it was it it was it was the it was the editing in the pods. Once they got out the pods, I was like, okay, this possibly could work. But in the pods, honestly, this is the only thing that I'll give Shayna is like, oh yeah, I can see them together. Cause the way that they just naturally joked around, I saw that. But outside of the pods, I saw how Shane nat- naturally joked around with Natalie, and they didn't show that in the pods. In the pods, they showed the mo- more serious side. Like, oh, look at the dichotomy. He could be serious with Natalie, and he could ask what crop top Shane is wearing with her. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, I'm like, 
at first I was kind of like Shayna, like, well, what, how is this going to work? Because I don't, he's too jokey, jokey. And Natalie's too serious. How is this going right. to work? But then once they got outside the pods, I was like, okay, she's actually, she actually rolls with his punches and I could see how it could work, but we'll see. Um, and I honestly reversed what I thought about him and Shayna and thinking that him and Shayna would never, ever work because they are both top-notch gaslighters. And two gaslighters together, whoo child, watch out. Woo child. Watch out. <laughs> um, the the last thing I wanted to say about the Shane and Natalie, Natalie situation, um, and I don't know if anybody else picked up on this. There was a, a certain point when they were at his place and they were talking finances. And he made it very clear, like he is not actually tracking towards a future. That's not his thing. Okay. Yeah, he, he was like, eh, 401k, like, I don't really care about all that. that's not me. And she was making a concession on another concession on another concession. And that was one of those concessions where I was like, are you going to be comfortable having to be the person that's always the forward thinking person in the relationship? And to me, a type A individual, the way that she is never going to be comfortable with that. Never. She's acting like she'll be comfortable with that because to me, and this is another thing I don't think people would pick it up on, I don't think physically she's ever dated a guy as attractive as Shane. Wow. I think he met her internal struggle in racism. Her, her internalized racism okay. also made her feel like, oh, this validates something in me. I mean, that's, that's a strong thing to say because it's almost saying that we don't we don't know if she's ever dated within her race. You know what I'm saying? She could have given it a shot and you know things just didn't work out. I don't think it was a clear cut situation I, like I would it was love, for deep tea. I would love for, for somebody to tell me that they believe she's dated somebody as attractive. I would love to see her exes. I, I will say I will say this though, and maybe this was editing as well. Maybe they didn't know this about each other before they met each other. I was thinking as I was watching them in the pods, I was like, I wonder if Shane knows that she's Asian. Because when I listen to her, I don't picture her face. I picture someone who looks like Shayna or Shayna's cousin or Shane. I, I picture a Caucasian woman. No, I think it's very easy. They ask questions, and this season they let questions fly a lot more than they did in previous in the previous season. Because even Shake got off a whole bunch of questions that I was like, "Oh, they would have never let you do that in the first season." So what happened in this season? And Jared got off questions in a way that made it clear who was who when he was talking. So I was like, "Oh, they what? understand what the people look like on the other side of this." So it's not really blind. It's love is blurry. Um, <laughs> Like I said, that could just be editing because who's to say in the last season, those questions were not asked in a way where they could have figured that out ahead of time. And then they just didn't air that part. You know what I'm saying? But, um, well, we have a next couple though. We have a next couple because we didn't get the type, we didn't get to tackle them. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Mallory and Salvador. Now, Salvador, salary. The Mallory was in kind of a love triangle for a little bit between uh, herself, Salvador, and Jared. And yeah. coming out of the pause, you were like, oh, well, she seems like she's going to be all in on him. And this makes so much sense. And look at them together. And then once they get to the beach, you find out very quickly, this is not what she thought. This is not what her expectation was. So I wanted to know from you, was Mallory, in your opinion, actually ever truly interested in Salvador, considering what happened at their relationship at the altar? Now, he pulled out on her and said, I don't want to move forward. But you could already see she was probably on the same page, but just wasn't willing to own it. That's my two cents. You feel like she was on the same page as far as she didn't want to continue with, the, with getting married? I don't feel like. In fact, let me let me throw out the question to you and then I can give you my take was Mallory actually interested in Salvador? That's really what it boils down to. So this is my theory. And I'm going to kind of go backwards before I, or I'm going to go forwards, forwards and come back. 
at the beach party where she finally met Jared. And that was who, someone who proposed to her first, who she declined. She told Jared like, or I don't know if she told him this or if she said this to the camera, but she said that that was her usual type. Jared was the usual of what she had been used to, right? And so, yep. And so, what does that I don't tell know. You? What does that, that tell you? What huh? does that tell you? She likes black dudes. What? I, I said that online too. Everybody, like, like tell, I, I mean, black people could tell Jared was black by his voice. Come Any on, black person man. would be able to tell he was black. You know how they say, "Oh, there's no such thing as sounding black." That I, there is. There is. There's a there's a baseline. If I close my eyes, I listen to Jared. I hear a black dude. And if he ended up being white, I'd be so confused. I'd be like, what? How? Where? Where? What? Wow. You know, I would be super confused. Um, and I think she knew he was black. Um, you know, they had conversations, like you said. And I think she made, but what I think she did is I think she made a conscious decision to go for her heart. She said, Sal's my heart. They connected on the Latina, Latino, Latina level. They had all that going on for themselves. They, they had things in common. Sal was different from what she was used to. And so she went out on a limb and entertained that. Now, what I will say is she was very sure about wanting to be engaged to Sal. I do think that once she saw Sal, she was not as into it. There was a period where she was just, eh. I didn't know my heart was like that. I don't know what it was. I think that there was, a, when she got engaged to Sal, she was into it. That's why she, that's why she um, said no to Jared. Because if she wasn't that into it, she would have said yes to Jared. She would have just went for the first person that proposed to her if it was that close, you know? She said no to Jared without the understanding that Sal was even gonna propose. To our knowledge, from what we see, she was hell bent on Sal. She gets with Sal in real life and I feel hesitation. That's just what I'm, I'm feeling hesitation as a viewer. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if she's into him. I can't really gauge. So let me answer the question then. I don't think she was interested in him at all for all the reasons you just brought up. I genuinely feel like she's interested in black guys. I genuinely feel like she was interested in somebody who was much taller and a stronger build. I feel like she wanted somebody who would have been a little bit more assertive. And I also feel like until they had sex, she wasn't interested at all. And I feel like the sex, she was like, oh, okay. He put it down. I'm okay. But still wasn't. I'm serious. I can deal with this for the rest of my life, I guess. It's more so like, you know, I guess we can work with this. But but that doesn't mean she was actually ever truly interested in it. Well, I will say this, though. There was something that she said at, at the wedding, right? Because he was the one to break it off to her at the wedding saying, I can't, right? And at the end, they sat down on those chairs and he asked her, like, what would you have said if I said yes? And she's like, I don't know what I would have said. I don't know. But then in her confessional audio, you hear her say something along the lines of like, oh, you know, I just thought that, you know, we would approach this wedding day being on the same page and that's not what happened. Like she said something along the lines of that, which told me that she was going to say yes. Had he said, let's do this on their wedding day, she would have said yes. And because he said no, she left him feeling like, oh, I don't know what I would have said. I don't know. I may, you know, I may have said yes. I, I, I still was making a decision, whatever the case was. She was trying to make it seem like it, this, the decision was still in limbo. And I don't think that that was the case because it was two conflicting things that she was saying. I do believe that had Sal said yes, she would have said yes. I really do. But she was trying to save face by being like, oh, I don't know what I would have said. Girl, Sal, Sal warmed up to you in a way that you didn't expect. And you were, you, you were ready to have this type of man in your life. And now this type of man in your life was like, nah. And so you had to just say whatever pride you had left and be like, oh yeah, I don't know what I would have said. Okay, don't believe you. 
I think there was a point where she made a transition and a shift and she was just like, wow, look at all these nice things that he's doing for me. Like after the whole girl or girl that came to his sister's house bit, he made that whole dinner for her with the candles yeah. and, and here, you know. Here's my, my, my thing on this. I do believe a part of her liked the fact that he was willing to go down that path of being the, the hopeless romantic guy, a part of it. I don't think she liked the singing as much as people think. And I think she was it was crying, actually- though. She was crying. I think after a while it was like, hmm. This is corny, but right. I cried. But I cried corny. <laughs> but this is me putting words in her mouth, right? But the way she reacted towards this other girl showing up to the house thing. Yeah. I think she was doing the same thing Shayna was doing and trying to find an out. Oh, that's my take. But that's what I'm saying. There has to be more to that story of this other girl showing up. And I know we discussed it off the podcast, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, there was a point in time where Sal found out that a girl that he was talking to prior to getting on the show, and apparently this girl knew that he had applied to be on the show, had showed up at his sister's house crying and very upset that he had proceeded to find a relationship on this show and when he told Mallory about it she was so upset to the point where she said well I can't have any of this happening again like one more thing like this and it's over pretty much and she wanted to know is this someone that was important to you was she a girlfriend how does she know where your sister lives do you just introduce everyone to your family and he made it seem like, no, it wasn't someone I wasn't, I was in an actual relationship with. And so I can see how you can say that that would be her out. Cause maybe she wasn't completely sold on him, right? She needed something to, to use as a reason for being out, as a reason for possibly saying no at the wedding. I don't know. I just think that whole situation, it, it gave me no vibes at all. Like I actually was bored watching them. Facts. And the Facts. singing. I'm Facts. just you no know. singing. No, no, no singing, please. All right. Let, let's let's talk about uh, the couple that we both, I, I feel like, just kind of made, it's kind of stirred controversy in a way. What happened with Mallory and Jared? Now, I know Jared ended up being in a relationship with Ayana, but let's be clear. The real relationship was between Jared and Mallory. And what was said on that beach? And I don't know if you remember what was said on that beach. Yeah, I remember. But what was said on that beach and the questions that were being asked and the conversations they engaged in, in your mind, was that disrespectful? Because everybody, like during the reunion, I'm watching the tweets, I'm seeing people talk about it. People are like, this is the most dis disrespectful thing of all time. It's disrespectful on Jared's end to talk about the ring. It's disrespectful on her end to kind of say, oh, he's not really my type. And saying that in front of him. And people felt a way about it. But do you feel like it was disrespectful or was just a playful conversation between two people that were drinking? So I'm, I'm a viewer that believes that if someone had a really close connection with someone and they did not end up with them outside the pods, I do believe there needs to be some sort of closure conversation, right? And so that's just my, per, that's my perception. So you feel like the combo is okay to have, but- No, no, no. I believe there needs to be some sort of Close your conversation, but it's a little bit tricky because now you're in a situation where you're engaged to someone else, having a closure conversation with someone that you're seeing for the first time. I had a deep emotional connection with. So what's being said is is what matters, right? You're not single. You were single last time you talked to them. You could say whatever the hell you wanted to. Right. Now you are technically engaged and your wedding's in two weeks. And you you, you got to be mindful of the closure conversation. And unfortunately for Jared, because Nat, because Natalie, whew, where'd she come from? Because Mallory, <laughs> it was just two common names. I couldn't remember which one it was. Okay. Because Mallory was his number one. And no matter how he wants to dice it, no, she wasn't my number one. She was, because that was the first person you proposed to. <laughs> um, because she was his number one. Well, it's not kosher for him to bring up the fact that the person that proposed to her that she ended up with bought her the wrong ring. It's not kosher to bring up the fact that you would have bought her the right one. 
It's not kosher to bring up all this stuff. What kind of closure conversation is that? She knows that. Y'all had a conversation. The closure, con the, the closure conversation needs to be something different than the shoulda, coulda, woulda, I am better than the person that you're with, which is what Jared was doing in a very non-discreet way. It was very obvious. Was so you, you, not only is it disrespectful to you, do you feel like he was flirting? Is that why you feel like it was disrespectful? I feel like or it was like flirting. But I feel like I feel like even the way that he looked at her as he said it, like it was kind of like it wasn't even the way of and this is my perception. So I could be is it's not here or there, but like he could have said that to her in a way that didn't seem like it was flirting. But the way that he said it to her and the way that he looked at her while he said it, it was kind of like, well, I would have bought you this. And he kind of looked at her like he had lingering eyes like it was just weird. It was Ooh. weird. So do you, it, do you feel like he's trash for that? No, I'm not going to. That's a lot of what I was seeing online. He is. I'm not going to completely like, call him trash. Wow. As a whole? No, I'm not going to say he's he's a trash person for that. That's what that's what they were saying online. And I was like, damn. I mean, that's because it's like it's all or nothing with people online. It's like you got to be 100 percent this way or you're just trash. You know what I'm saying? What so do you let, think? Let's wait, wait, wait. Before before I even do this. Let's just put this out there. If somebody did that to you, did would what that you? Oh, like I'm Ayana. I'm Ayana. No, 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 no. Oh, you were Sal. Okay. And you overheard some of that conversation. Is that a breakup of offense to you? At that point, no. Thank you. No, at that point, it's not because I mean, you're talking about the conversation about the ring. Yeah, the whole thing. Well, she he also overheard her say, "Yeah, I mean, he's not my normal, you know." No, that wouldn't be enough for me to want to break up with someone because if I'm Sal and I didn't ask her what kind of ring she likes, what am I going to do about that? Like literally, if I didn't take the due diligence to be right. like hey, this is the girl I want to propose to. Let me ask her what she likes. And then I overhear that the guy that did propose to her did ask her that. That's a fail on my part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they shouldn't have had that conversation, but at the end of the day, it's a fail on my part. Now, to hear her say she's not my, he's not my typical type. Does if that a hurt? guy got with me Does and I'm not his typical type, it would stink. It would stink because it would make me feel like, oh, so... It would sting, but but you bypassed your typical type for me. So, I mean, there's that, but we also don't know how Mallory was treating Sal during this situation. We don't know if Sal was getting these vibes that she wasn't really, really into him like that for him to like look at her comment as if like, oh, this is really hurtful. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know if she felt resistance from her and, you know, stuff like that, or if she was coming off as receptive. So, all right, Let, let's transition to Ayana and Jared. Wait, what was what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on their conversation? Do you think that was necessary? Do you think that was all in jest? Just, do you think like it wasn't, wasn't as big I of a deal was, as everyone was saying? I think it was two people that were genuinely attracted to each other, seeing each other in person for the first time and feeling like they both made a mistake. So you, do you, oh, you felt like they both made them. They, you feel like they felt like they both made a mistake. Both of them. Both of them. Really? Like what, what can I ask you? What on Jared's end made you feel that way? The fact that he was even willing to have that conversation and the way that he was going about that conversation. About the ring part? Him, him basically saying, I mean, that's what I was saying. That's, and if it was me, I would have, whenever you're putting yourself in the scenario that you're having the conversation about, you still are envisioning yourself being that person. And if she says back to you, well, it could still be us. Like, what are we doing? He didn't say that. I'm saying to you, if she says back to him, hey, what well, are we doing? Well, he felt like Jared was being a Shayna, a discreet Shayna at that point. Absolutely. Like he was shooting his shot in a very discreet way. I, I, I wouldn't say it was shooting his shot as more so if this was an open ball court, may as well figure out if I should shoot. Really? You think he would have left Ayana over, over Mallory 
at that point, he was like, yeah, yeah, that's, my, I fault. Actually that's like my fault. That's just my thought. Woo, child. The tea is piping high. Okay. So let's move on to them. Then. Um, this gets into the, the real question we have around them. If you knew your love interest was proposing to you because their first choice said no, would you still proceed with the relationship? Because essentially, it, it literally happened that way in the show with Ayana and Jerry. I want you Jared, to answer that first. Jared proposes to Mallory and then she says no. They both go crying for like two hours to four hours. Balling. Balling. And then coming back into the pods, he's speaking to Ayana and basically says, hey, will you marry me? And she had already kind of heard inklings of what was happening between them two. And if you want me to answer that question, yeah, um, question. I'm, it's weird because I'm a guy. And in most situations, guys are proposing to women and it's not the other way around. So, so let's just say I'm, it was I'm having to answer this question. Can we flip it then? Can we flip it then and make it seem like, okay, if there was a girl you're interested in mm -hmm. and someone proposed to oh how do we flip this someone proposed to her you proposed to her second how do we make you the second choice in this i'm trying to figure out how to flip it this is the thing because i as a guy i'll just be like no i mean she still wanted to be with me okay kind of like the it's okay kinda, no no, no kind of like the uh, shana and kyle situation say say you were feeling two people and the one that you were feeling how that doesn't work it's different being a guy in this scenario like being a guy like you have to be the person that's going to propose so i guess to flip it for you is would you propose to your second choice then say you had two two girls that you're really feeling and they gave two completely different vibes and like jared absolutely said, one not. day it was ayana one absolutely. day it was mallory no absolutely Why? because for me if I've given somebody that level of impact in my mind that they're 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 the one, one, not two, one, I'm not at that point going to go to this other person and go, you know what? Well, that person turned me down. It's up up to you next. Specifically in the context of it being in that short a time period. If this is life and you have an elongated relationship that lasts two years and then you propose to that person, it doesn't work. And then you have another elongated relationship and it happens in two years. And it's just then by definition, that's your second choice. That's different. Do you know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying. But the way that Jared explained it, even before he did all that, was that the margins were super close between the women. It wasn't like he even said. I woke up today and I felt like Ayana was the one. And the next day I feel like Mallory was the one. And then he was like, that's how neck and neck that they were. Wouldn't you feel like you're kind of missing out on a, on a great connection if no. you didn't entertain that number two? No. Oh, okay. No, because that person is a number two. I Means she's shit. Anyway, okay. what about your answer to that? Um, If I was Ayana. Yes. I think that I would do what she did. Avia, I'm gonna let you finish. The only reason is because I would hate, I'm the type of person where I hate to, to feel like I have regret in not exercising something that was presented to me. One thing about what Jared did was he was honest. It wasn't like a Shane, Natalie, Shana situation where he never told Natalie about the levels of depth that he got with Shayna, you know, she was completely blindsided by the whole thing. She didn't even know that Natalie tried to sabotage the whole thing in the pods uh, or that, or that Shayna tried to sabotage the, the whole thing in the pods by confessing her love to him. Um, one thing I can say is Jared was honest. And I don't know if he was honest because he knew that TV will play this back and they'll all see it or if he's just that type of guy. But I do get a genuine feeling from him. Um, and I do feel like he really, really wanted to be married. And I don't know if this was like the editing as well, but when I saw him and Ayana together, I thought it was cute. I never once thought like, oh, he is doing this on a performative level. 
Uh, mm, really? Maybe? No, I'm joking. I'm gonna let you finish. Oh no, I mean. I'm telling you how, what I'm seeing through my screen, I never felt like he was like, I need to get married and I'm going to get married. And if my number one doesn't work out, I'm going to hit my number two and I'm going through to all lengths to like make sure that I get married. I feel like he definitely wanted to get married. And in, in this type of situation, I could understand how there could be two people in the running because there could be someone that gives you something and someone else that gives you something completely different. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what's my value system? What do I need more than the other thing? What can I live without, you know? And if it becomes as close as it came for him, I know that if I was Ayana and I did agree to go along with it, I would have to, I, I like Shane would need a lot of reassurance. I would need a lot of reassurance that you are completely satisfied with the decision that you made even after seeing both me and Mallory. All right. Um, it's, I'm not trying to push back on what you're saying at all. But I have a hard time believing you and the personality that I know you to be would be 100% all in, reassurance or not, with being, with, with knowing that you were the second choice. I just can't, I just, I, nothing about your personality screams to me that you'd be comfortable. Well, my, my thing, well, thank you. I just, I feel like. Sometimes just, I'm people's second choice and I don't even know it. You know what I'm saying? So let alone. You don't know it. That's my point. But you don't know it. If you knew it, I can't. Going back to the. You're possibly right. You're possibly right. Going but back to the feeling, feeling of validation. I don't know a single woman, including yourself that's comfortable not feeling validated and the fact that you were the one i just don't i don't know a single woman that doesn't feel like i've never met a woman that's like you know what being number two is fine 100 percent fine and what i mean by that is even in uh polyamorous relationships when the guy is around that woman whichever one he's with at that time she is number one when they're around each other and he has to be a hundred percent like i'm here with you and nobody else is around i can't imagine you being comfortable with it i just can't i can't see it but that's I, me i i know that i have a lot of pride and because exactly. I'm, i know but because i'm aware of that that's a fault that that can be a good thing but that's also a very bad thing in certain situations but i also know that for me it's like if I were Ayana and I said, no, I can't accept your engagement. And I look back on the show after it airs and I'm like, damn, I wonder if I missed out on something great. I would hate to deal with that feeling. I would hate to even have that feeling. I'm, I'm kind of like that person that would rather ride the wave until it crashes no. before I decide, oh, I'm not going out in the water at all. I want, I want to have one more one more comment on this and then we can move on to the final couple. If you end up having kids with that person in years down the line, your kids see that on Netflix. How do you think it'll make you feel? I don't think it would make me feel any certain type of way. My thing is this, I think that I think that everyone who goes through this through through this process understands. They understand all this stuff because they're going through it as well. Okay. There's a couple people on this show who had other options. They were not just the only person's option and vice versa. Okay. And so they understand the dynamics that go along with it, right? I would love it if I was someone's number one, but in life, in general, in life, we never know if we are actually that for another person. We really don't know. We are all riding the waves until they crash. The only difference between us and Ayana is that it was, it was made very, very clear that she was not number one. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? Let me let me do this as we transition to the other couple. If you're comfortable with your kids knowing and it wouldn't bother you longer term, the whole nine, if your son, daughter, whomever was in the same scenario, you'd be like, it's not that big a deal. You you're just shrug that? it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking. You just shrug it off. Like, trust me, it's fine. No, it's not that I would just act yeah. like it's nothing. But I think that, I think that, between now and whenever, if I ever have kids and if those kids ever grow up to be adults and date and everything like that, 
making a connection is harder and harder. It gets harder and harder as the years progress. Okay. You could blame it on social media. You could blame it on any other distraction. Personally, I just blame it on the goose. Anyway, continue. Yeah, you could blame it on the goose. You could blame it on Henny, whatever it is. But making, <laughs> actually, Henny may actually help you. But um, making that sort of connection is hard. And so it's not something that you would really take for granted. So if you're in the pods and you're having all these conversations, like I can understand why it would be hard to walk away from someone who you were like, man, I have a connection with this person I have never had before. And even though they chose someone else and the reason why they're with me is because that person denied them. I don't know. We could probably have a beautiful story to the point where that person's like, I'm so glad I ended up with you. Or we could end up in divorce, but at least I'll know what it is and not have to sit back and be like, oh, well, my pride won't let me do this. And then I'm back single starting from square one, trying to make the same connection. That's what I'm saying. And let's transition to the last couple. And then we have one more topic to tackle after that, which is the reunion show. So the last couple is Danielle and Nick. I don't have very much to say about them, <laughs> but... Um, I want to know your overall take on their relationship. I want to you give you give two minutes on this because I don't have anything to say. I have not not a thing to even say. need two minutes. First of all, I think the show focused on them more than they had to. Hello. Hello. I would have taken ten more minutes of Shayna and Shane and Natalie than two minutes of uh, what are their names? I don't remember. Nick and Danielle. Um, secondly, I heard a rumor that said that it was someone, it was the same person who worked on the show on the Reddit thread who said that the show showed more of Nick and Danielle's arguments than any other couple. And they really didn't even argue that much. So that to me put things into perspective, like, oh, we really didn't see a lot from the other couples. If you guys are saying this particular couple who had nothing but arguments all throughout the season, wasn't really arguing that much, then what are they not showing us about the other couples? Thirdly, I think it's very interesting that we have two people on the show who lost a ton of weight and we see how them doing so has impacted how they treat their relationships. We have Deepti who lost probably just as much weight as Mallory and she's super confident in herself and she's super sure of herself and just she knows who she is as a person and very direct. And then we have Danielle who lost all this weight. And, you know, it's like she has uh, body dysmorphic uh, syndrome where she probably still sees herself as this bigger girl. And she's not that anymore on the outside appearance. But internally, that has not changed. And so she all those insecurities take over no matter what situation she's in to the point where even little things are like, well, you said it like this. Oh, you did it like this. And why'd you say that? And why couldn't you be happy that I was happy that my parents liked you? And uh, this and this and that, it has to be something, right? It has to be right. something because she doesn't even think she's deserving of a person like Nick, I guess. My last and final take, and this may be a hot one. You may not like it. The only reason I think that they will work out is because Danielle, and I, I honestly didn't think that they were even going to get married, but now they are married. I'm like, if they do work out, besides therapy, the only reason I think they will work out is because Danielle has low self-esteem and she needs someone reassuring her. And Nick can reassure her, but also kind of put her in her place, right? And because she has low self-esteem, she doesn't think that she'll get someone else. Nick, I feel like, is secretly gay. That is my opinion. My opinion. <laughs> That's my opinion. I think he is secretly gay. Even when he went to his mom's house, his mom was even kind of like, and I don't know if it was because of who Danielle was or who she knows her son to be, but she was just like, I mean, I've never seen a girl, you know, I thought he was going to be single forever. I think that his mom thinks he's gay. That's my perception. All right. I'm um, going to leave off on that uh, with this. Uh, what makes you think he's secretly gay? Uh, the way everything about him, the way that That's he talks, the way he carries himself, the way he just has a flamboyant vibe. And I think that if he is gay and listen, 
I'm saying that it is not above our heads that this situation could happen because if you look at season one, look at Carlton. And Carlton was all kinds of confused and he could be a Carlton. He could be bisexual. I, do, I, I never question anybody's sexuality, but I will say this much. If, I don't uh, question every, anyone's sexuality every, unless there's something that makes me question their sexuality. Okay, very good. So because there was enough whatever, for me to question his, I'm like, well, he could be whatever, a Carlton. Whatever. And maybe, and maybe he came from a family that wants to see him with a woman. And maybe he's he's going down this path because of that. And so if that is the case, he has found the woman to be his beard. And I feel like they need each other in different ways and they are there for each other. And that's why they will work. All right, moving on to the reunion. And we'll close the show out on this. Tell me, what is your take coming off of the reunion? Okay, so the reunion was trash. Let's just say that. I don't think Jared was trash, but the reunion was trash. Okay. I feel like uh, having Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey as hosts is it's for aesthetics. It's like, oh, look at this couple. They've been together for so long. Uh, or it's because they are the people who came up with the show. Oh, they came up with the show? Yeah, continue. Okay, but they don't need to be the host of the reunion. Let's just say that. They need they they need uh, Andy Cohen or something of the likes of that. They need someone who is very, very neutral. And I think because they came up with the show, there were times where they were asking questions and especially Vanessa, she was getting very much emotionally involved and you know using her and Nick as examples. And it was taking away from the already short reunion that they had. I feel like that reunion needs to be at least two parts. There's so much that transpired throughout the show. They missed many, many marks. Like they never went to the whole, hey, Kyle, what's up with you and DT? What's going on with that? Is there a chance of you guys getting together? What's happening? They just kind of like left it where it was. They never really went to the real demise of like Sal and Mallory. Like Sal had mentioned something about like, oh, you know, I don't want to go into it, but I feel like it's a bit of karma. They never followed up with a question about that. What do you mean by karma? What's going on there? There was a lot of chances for them to go into things deeper and they did it. And, I, and for it to be a reunion show, it, it didn't do anything for me. I didn't really get a lot of answers. I just got fluff. We, it, was, it was like one part Shane coming off his binge of whatever and you know being mad at uh, uh, Shake. It was one part Shake inserting his opinion where nobody asked. And then the other parts were the rest of the people on the cast. Um, what happened with Shane and Natalie? They never not once asked, what was said? Besides, I, I, I hate wait, you. Wait, what was the warning moment? Really I want to correct this really quickly. Nick Lachey and Vanessa did not come up with the show. Oh, okay. I came up with the show. They are only the hosts. So I wanted to correct that. I was I I was fed misinformation by the time. Oh, I never even heard they came up with the show. So I was like, oh, well, that's continue. Me. So continue. Sorry about that. Well, they they just, they just need they just need they can they can host the show, but for the reunion, they need somebody else. They need somebody that's gonna give direct questions and cut it to the core and figure out these answers because I feel like they were skirting around things. And they were asking questions, but they're like, oh, if you don't want to answer, it's fine. We just felt like we we wanted to know. The viewers are invested. No, this is not the time to be nice. This is the time to say, hey, Shayna, we saw you really strategically trying to cut in on your friend's relationship. Why did you feel like it was fake? Why did you feel like it was phony? What did your parents mean when they said, oh, Kyle, you can be American with us? These are questions that I feel like people want to know the answers to. And it was so surface level. I was just very frustrated once I ended the reunion. It did nothing for me. This season was a snooze fest. The reunion was even more of a snooze fest. And I felt like it didn't have to be because they didn't go into the depths of a lot of topics that they could have touched. What do you think about that? Um, I The only thing that I took away from the reunion was that one shake proved to be the only thing interesting in the entire show i he think that's what he the, wanted he proved to be the best possible version of a villain that you need to see in a show to make it interesting he was all all new york nini leaks wrapped into one indian male body and then i'm like i can't ask for more um i do believe that the banter back and forth between him and vanessa was the perfect microcosm of the show 
because he was very real with her. Like, yeah, you're the only person up here that I even find attractive. And I was like, yep, say it. I do feel like we didn't necessarily learn anything more about anybody. No. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my God. I, and because of social media now, I mean, people are in comments on TikTok and da da da, da post show. I get to see more there. Um, so none of it was really surprising. I didn't really think it was worth even having that much of a show. But if if anything else, I do believe they should have brought a psychologist there to your point about having a different host for that and make it interesting. I don't need it to be another person who's like a, an actual host. Bring an actual psychologist, sit down, have a conversation and really plus up some of the, the discussions that you want to have around some things. Um, I didn't really care for any of the cast like that. Me neither. I was bored to tears. I was, and then I was mad that I was bored. But then I kept watching because I was like, oh, I'm invested. I have to see how things end. But then I was mad that I felt that way. And I'm like, oh, I could have done without. This is whack. It's kind of like we watch for a train wreck. And then when it doesn't happen or it happens in a way where it's like, oh, everything happened off camera. It's like, well, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of the show if the train wreck happens off camera or you don't include it in the actual show, you know? Like, I will say this though, the one thing that I did appreciate about the show, <laughs> and this really has nothing to do with the show at all, were their parents. Like Natalie's dad, that whole little pep talk that he gave her before she walked on the aisle, I was like, wow, I love seeing how supportive he is. Even uh, Shake's parents, especially his mom, Talking about like, you know, the girl that you're about to marry doesn't deserve like less than half percent of what she's willing to give. Like she, you know, these parents seemed very wise and like very um, just introspective. And even like uh, Danielle's mom, she was like, well, I know you're like me and I sabotage relationships. And that's all we saw Danielle do the whole season is find ways to sabotage a relationship that ultimately ended up working for her but these parents were, were just speaking gems and were just so supportive and that to me what that showed me was like you can parent as good as you want to but your your kid can still end up uh you know kind of jacked up <laughs> um the the final thing i'm going to say about any of this and this is my closing statements on the show overall um i do not believe love is blind i do not so that's why when Shake says the things that he's saying, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could agree with some of the things that Shake says. I think we've proven time and time again, physicality absolutely matters to the majority of people. Now, whether or not that sustains your relationship is a different story. And that was the point that I made in our previous episode. But love is definitely blurry and love is a fleeting emotion. So love is one of those things that one day can be on a super high and a super low, but ultimately it's up to you to carry out whether or not it's going to sustain the test of time. So I think the show overall has proven one thing and one thing only that nobody, nobody actually coming out of this show is in a true relationship that can last unless they determine it should. So the show can do whatever it does, but it's really up to those two people to make it work. What about you? What's your closing argument? Facts. I really don't have any closing arguments. I feel like you had a good one. I guess the only question that I have for you is uh, between the two couples that made it out alive. Do you think both of them will last? I absolutely do not see any way possible that Danielle and. Ooh, Nick. Maybe. Alan. I was going to take that back for a second. No, I think Danielle and Nick can. Ah! A part of me believes that he's so adaptable to her BS that it could work. But a part of me also feels like they argue so much in a way that I'm like, that doesn't work long term. That's the kind of stuff that doesn't work. If upfront you guys are arguing this much. Unless that's their norm and they get used to it. That could be the precedence of like, this is just how it is. That's too much tension is my opinion. But that's my opinion. Who knows? They and Ayanna probably, and Jerry. I think it's possible. That's hopeful. But he would have to, he has to get a little older and not want to party. Because she's not a party person, I hate saying this, but this is what happens with partners. You have to be that level of adaptable to make it work longer term. She said that she's been going out more and wearing less. No, she said that she's been going out more and he's been staying. <laughs> he's been staying home lately. So I guess they switched roles. Well, and just like that, that is our episode. Hope you guys enjoy. You can catch us on SoundCloud, Google Play. You can catch us on iTunes. Uh, 
you know, everywhere else. Good night.